0: This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts... ...now.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's a beautiful Wednesday, February 5th. So glad you've taken time out of your busy day to join us here on Morning Breath. We are a drive-time devotion that is sure to jumpstart your day. We take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time in the Word talk to Jesus, do a morning devotion really is what it boils down to. And then we come down to the studios here at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center, read the chapter on the air, and then talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor Mark Cook. How are you doing, Pastor Mark? Good, sir. How are you? Doing really well. Thank you for asking. It's a great day. We're uh, still in Florida winter. It's awesome. Yeah, but it's already February. Yeah, well... The year is, the year is moving. we got two more days to be in Florida winter yeah. or something. Not too long. <laughs> March is coming. It's like, is it April showers bring May flowers? In yeah. Florida, it's March showers bring you know, April flowers. So, yep, it's it's going to be turning around here pretty quick. But it's really nice weather, I think, in Florida, almost to the 1st of June. I think, really, sure. it's a great time of the year. We've still got three, three or four... Three and a half really good months of really nice weather here in Florida, so... Awesome time of the year. Anyway,
0: uh, tell the folks how to get uh, connected. Yeah, we want you to join us on our Drive Time Devotion, so make sure that you know what chapter we're in by getting yourself a Morning Breath Guide. You can do that on the East Coast app. You can also do that on our website. Both of those locations will have a uh, a podcast or a media tab. You can get to the Morning Breath Guide. You can also listen to past episodes of the show uh, by getting on our podcast. You can call the office, 321-452-1060. We can email or mail you a Morning Breath Guide. And while you're on our website or on our app, Make sure you link over to our YouTube page, watch our past sermons, and just get the lay of the land of everything that's happening in the East Coast.
1: That'd be awesome. We also got some things going on this week. Uh, tonight, actually, we have First Wednesday. That's uh, a Wednesday that we dedicate to uh, a lot of worship, but it's not like a night of worship in that we have a special speaker. We do this a few times a year, usually three or four times a year. Having a great special speaker, Josh Monty from New Sound Church, will be here. There'll be food trucks uh, starting at 5 p.m., out in the parking lot. It's a great environment. We'll have a little, uh, you know, fellowship time after the message, and the word. we'll have longer worship, and then we'll have our special uh, guest, Josh Monty, share the word with us. He's an incredible guy. You'll love him, and uh,
0: he's been here before, and yeah. you'll really enjoy it, so I'd like you to come out for that. What else is going on? Well, we've got new classes starting at East Coast come Christian on. University uh, starting uh, tomorrow that would be this Thursday, so that's tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, every the great thing about East Coast Christian University is that we start new classes every month. Yeah, that's cool. So you don't have to you don't have to block out your whole semester and and commit. If you can squeeze in a class one month at a time, yep. uh, then you can you can get a good education in the Bible. Yeah,
1: yep. yeah. Just like for me, I'll be uh, I'll be in Israel next month. So if I was going to the school, I could skip that month and still you know keep on pace and keep moving forward. And just pick it up the next month after that, just because I'd be out of town or a situation didn't allow for me to go to school that month. You're able to just get right back in the next month. And yeah. so it's a good thing. And it uh it's you know, it's a it's a capsule that you pay for in such a way that it makes it affordable too. So yeah, it does. Breaks it, it down. Yeah, it breaks it down that way. Anyway, well, we're gonna get into the word. We got a pretty big beefy chapter today. Yeah. We're in Lukey. He, he writes beefy chapters. I can remember when I used to read 14 chapters a day and Luke was scary. Yeah.
0: Uh, that was a big chunk of your day. Yeah, that was a big chunk of your day. All the chapters
1: are not all of them, but most of them are over 50 verses, and so this one's no different. We got 56, so uh, there's actually a really nice break at 25. Let me see, 26, 27, 28. Yeah, let me take it through 28. That'll be exactly half,
0: and then you can take the other half, and we'll go from there. That sounds good. In the New King James Version? Yes, sir. All righty. I say to you, Pastor Dan, read, sir.
1: Now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, a wife of Chuza, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. And with a great or excuse me, and when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and choked it, but others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. Then, when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares and riches and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And when they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he had stepped on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son
0: of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. Verse 29, For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles and he broke the bonds which and i'm sorry he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness jesus asked him saying what is your name and he said legion because many demons had entered him and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them and he per- he permitted them then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then when they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man for whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind, they were afraid. They also who had seen it told them by what means he who had been demon possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. So it was, when Jesus returned, that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about twelve years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman, having a flow of blood for twelve years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, "'Your daughter is dead. "'Do not trouble the teacher.' "'But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, "'Do not be afraid, only believe, "'and she will be made well.' "'When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in "'except Peter, James, and John, "'and the father and mother of the girl. "'Now all wept and mourned for her. "'But he said, Do not weep. "'She is not dead, but sleeping.' "'And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. "'But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, "'and called, saying, Little girl, arise. "'Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately.' And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Ah, men. Nice. The beefy chapter, a lot going on in it. You know,
1: one of the thoughts I had, Mark, and there's, there's, there's a couple of thoughts on what the answer is here. It's amazing that in some situations, Jesus says, don't say anything, be quiet. Don't tell anybody. And sometimes he's very strong about it. Here he says, "Tell no one what happened." He charged them to tell no one what happened. And the words charged them" was it's you know he's it's a very serious sort of commission that he gave them. But on the other hand, he tells this guy over here, uh, the demoniac from the Gadarenes. He says, "How's he? How's he say it? Return to your own house mm. and tell what great things God has done for you." And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city. And we actually know this is Decapolis, which is 10 cities, area, the great things Jesus had done for him, So he he becomes an evangelist in these 10 cities telling everybody, but yet this family is told not to tell anybody. And we see that with uh, the blind guys, I think in the chapter before, don't tell anybody. And have you ever had any thoughts on why in some cases he says do it, in other cases he said don't?
0: Uh, I, I, I would have to go back and look at each one. In my mind, one thing that jumps out at me, and this is purely just practical, it may not be spiritual at all, yeah, but in, with the with the gathering situation, I believe when it describes this story in another gospel, that right after he dealt with that guy, they got right back on the boat and went right back across the lake. Yeah, He didn't did. stay. That's right. Um, so it seems like maybe in areas where he's not going to stay, he says, sure, go tell about me, but in areas where he's staying... He doesn't want maybe—he's not looking for fame. He's not looking yeah. for people to come—I don't know. That's just a thought.
1: No, I think, I think it's a good thought, and it appears to be one of those situations that—it it appears that it might be the main reason, that he was having trouble moving, you know, from place to place. And just like when he—in uh, the last chapter, he went after his uh, cousin was beheaded— he went to try to go to a quiet place apart with his disciples. And when he got there, there were thousands waiting for him. And they were hungry and didn't get to eat. And he spent all day with them. And then they fed him, you know, from the little boy's lunch and all that went on. So I think there's, there's definitely a part of it which is just practical. I think another part of it, and I, I don't know what to do with it. It's interesting, at least in this case, it appears that on one side of the lake, he's dealing with Gentiles. On this side of the lake, he's dealing with Jews. Mm. To the Jewish group, he says, "Don't say anything." To the Gentile group, he says, "Go ahead." Mm. And it appears that that kind—it's not always that case, but that is—it's more often than not. And part of that may be uh, it might have accelerated them wanting to kill him and crucify him. Sure, you know, because they they kind of laid in wait for him that day to see if he'd heal that guy's hand on the Sabbath day. And what they're doing there is building a case against him. And so, you know, I wonder if that's part of it as well, because in the Jewish community, the word would have went even stronger. And that's where his opposition was going to come from and where they were going to, you know, the Jewish priests were going to rise up and kill him. So he certainly, you know, planned not to die early and he walked through the midst of them and several things happened that way. But the other thing that's wild about this story is they actually kick them out of town after yeah. these guys get dealt with. And it's, you know, because of the the pig situation, it doesn't really make it clear, super clear in this chapter. It doesn't spend much time on it, but it does mention it, that these uh, animals, you know, were all killed and maybe they were— they were mostly mad about that rather than focused on the guys that got healed.
0: Well, and it says here that it says they were seized with great fear in verse thirty-seven. Yes, right. You know they were. They what? I don't know what to do with this guy. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not comfortable having him around. But I think it's interesting when you when you look at this and you and you see what Jesus is doing. Jesus never, to my recollection, in reading the Gospels, he never said. Um uh, hey everybody come listen. He never said go get all your friends, tell them to come listen yeah, to me. That's good. He never That's did right. that. Yeah. God and God tends to be subtle because the kingdom of God happens by faith. Yes. It's not it's not a hey look at here. It's amazing come see this. Yes. It's a it's a faith thing. God delights in doing things by faith. And I think that one of the things that Jesus did is he never he never bragged and proclaimed about himself. The crowds thronged him, but not because he told them to come. It was just he started doing he started healing people. Yeah. And then people wanted to be healed and so then they would come and they would get curious. But he never and God, I don't think still is not uh, sounding a trumpet. To say, hey, look at me. Yes, he's he's subtle. He's still drawing all men to himself, but he's doing it by his spirit. He's not doing yes. it with a billboard and all these other things. And I think that they're, I think Jesus is representing that.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. And I think that's one of the reasons he's saying, look, don't broadcast this, because because we do know that several times Jesus confronts the crowd that's following him for the miracles, or in the case of for the bread you just follow me because you want to get food, and free food is, you know, very valuable in this day and age, you know, that he's talking about here. You're not actually following me because you want to keep the Word or do the Word. And this chapter does have a lot of uh, sort of faith atmosphere with it, and even the parable is a subtle way of sharing truth. I like the way that you shared that, 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 that it's not like, okay, here it is. God plants the word. And if you receive this word, you know, this is what's going to happen. No, he talks about the parable of the sower and he he puts it in a way that you've got to dig a little bit and have a heart, be drawn to it in your heart and hang on to it to actually get it here. And I I wrote this down today. I thought it was a, a kind of a cool thought that a parable is a picture First thing that Jesus does when he shared a parable was he painted a picture and he used something common that most people would have an understanding of to, to share something uncommon, a spiritual truth. And so in this case, he uses seeds and plants, which in you know, an agricultural, you know, shepherding community, there would have been something everybody kind of had a handle on and went, okay. So it was a picture. But the picture that he shared with us was meant to become a mirror where you could see yourself in the picture. And then the mirror was meant to become a window that you could see God through. And so when you looked at a parable and a story that he told, it wasn't just laid out there for you. If you just glance at it and go, yeah, yeah, I get it, plants. Uh, But if you look more carefully, the picture became a mirror where you could see yourself in it. Where am I at in that situation? And then as you deeply looked in what he shared, it actually became a window where you could see his grace and his goodness and his plan for your life. And so I just thought it was a cool way of looking at the uh, the parable thing.
0: And well, when you think about what he's saying about the kingdom of God, he's saying that it's like a seed. Going back to what we were just saying a few minutes ago, a seed is not a loud, boisterous thing. No. It's this little thing, and you what do you do? You stick it in the ground where you can't see it. Yep. And he's saying that's what the kingdom of God is like. Yeah. And then sure. one day, you know, you show up 20 years later and there's a huge Boink. tree. Yep. Well, it wasn't there overnight. And he says here in verse fifteen, he says, "The ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble mind and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience." Mm, that good. means it takes time. Yep. It doesn't say the ones who fell on good ground suddenly everything exploded and it was awesome. Yep. It says they bore fruit with patience. It took time. It takes time for the kingdom of God to get rooted into your heart, and then you. And the Bible it says in Hebrews, "With faith and patience, we inherit promises." It's not just an uh, it's not an overnight thing. It's that whole story of you know I I worked hard for forty years and I was an overnight success. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a famous guy. Somebody says, "How's it feel to be an overnight
1: success?" He said, uh, "It was a long night. <laughs> it was a very long night. I worked in bars for twenty years before anybody listened to my music." You know, type of thing. Yeah, it's a it's a good picture of that. In the the picture also, in the chapter of the parable, of the sower is powerful. You know, you really could call it the parable of a of the ground mm. uh or the parable of the seed as you said which is the word of God or the parable of the human heart yeah you know a lot of those things would be maybe even more descriptive of the thing but the focus of course I think is rightly on on the sower in the case of God bringing the word but the truth is anybody can become a sower anybody can be a sharer of the word. And, you know, one of the things that I don't know, you know, just by the grace of God happened to me as a young believer, I felt like when I began to read and look at the word of God, I felt like God told me, read it like you're going to share it someday. Hmm. Study it like you're going to take what you learned and share it with somebody else. And it really changed the way I I learned it because you know we've all sort of learned something to take a test and then th- 2 days later don't remember the material because we're just pounding through something to get it so we can you know write the answers to 10 things and then never really go back to that again and instead of actually getting something into your heart and begin to live it and process it so that it becomes a living word on the inside of you that is something that is a lot easier to share and that's, I mean, that's really a lot about what morning breath is about, is just going to and, and what what God has made come alive in our hearts to share that. And I think that's what makes, you know, in many ways, Scripture powerful in your mouth is when it's real to you.
0: Yeah, when you've walked it out, there's a difference when, when the word's even being delivered. There's a difference in somebody who is delivering something that they've read and somebody who's delivering something that they've lived. Absolutely, and it it just it lands a different way. Um, I was going to kind of take that thought, and I'm going to I'm going to lob a a ball at you. I don't. We've got just a couple of minutes before the break, but you talked about this in your book, uh, uh, preparing for breakthrough, in verse 18. You said, therefore, take. You talked about this verse. It says, therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. Um, You had some good things to say about that. I wonder if you can condense it down to two minutes.
1: Yeah, I I can. It's like when you're when your teenagers laying on the couch and. Mom says, take out the trash, and teenager doesn't budge, and then mom says, take out the trash, and the teenager doesn't budge, and then, you know, four times later, then she yells, did you hear me? Well, he obviously heard her every time as far as sound going in his ears, but hearing, at least it seems to me in the Bible, isn't just hearing with your ears. Here it says, take heed how you hear, not what you hear. And so how you hear is really hearing in the Bible is response. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That that if you respond, you heard. If you don't respond, you haven't heard. And so there's a there's a picture there of, of if you really want to be a hearer of the word, you've got to have a response to it. You've got to do something with what you read. Um, you've got to consider, let's say, for example, well, how is the word getting choked out in my life right now? Mm. You know, how is, how is the word, is, is the enemy stealing what I'm learning away from me? You know, uh, even in the situation here, I think the enemy came in with a storm to try to steal away the word Jesus gave these disciples. It says, he said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. That was the word of the Lord. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. But the disciples began to focus on the storm and they didn't really hear what he said. If they'd heard what he said, it would have been bigger mm. than what they were facing. That's, good. And that's why he asked them, where's your faith? Because they hadn't yet learned this process to take heed what you hear. In other words, when you hear something, take it to heart. When he says, and in one gospel, I think in the Matthew in chapter 8, he just says, let's, let's go to the other side. It doesn't word it out quite, you know, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. He, it's basically, let's go. And they get in the boat. And actually says that he constrains them to get in the boat. In one gospel one time, like they said, we well, really don't want to do this because they could see it was stormy. But but what, are you going to take heed to the word or are you going to take heed to the circumstances? Mm. And so hearing is more than just having it hit your ears. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We might say it this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. They should have been meditating on his word crossover, not on the wind and the waves.
0: Let's take a break. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a Fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and
1: Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at INeedAFenceNow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your Associate's, Bachelor's and Master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension
0: 131. And our website is eccuequipped.com.
1: Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 915 and 1045 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning morning Gresh. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Go ahead, Mark. That was a great insight you had during the break.
0: I was looking at verse 39, and Jesus is talking to the demoniac after he's healed him, and he says, return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. Mm. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. (laughs) You know, if you have any questions in your mind about whether Jesus and God are one, there's so many... Both obvious, but also subtle, uh, cool. clarity uh, providing things. You know, there's clarification, and I, I just love that. That's what the word says here. Jesus said, "Go tell what great things God has done for you." And then he went and he told what great things Jesus had done for him. Jesus, he said, "I and the Father are one." Yeah. And what's even better about that is he, he goes on to say that when when we when we put faith in Jesus, that he and the Father make their home inside of us. When your faith is in Jesus, the Father makes His home in you. You know the temple was where Jesus was, where God's Spirit used to dwell, but now the tent, now we are His temple, and that means that the Spirit of God dwells in the one who has faith in Jesus.
1: That's right. It's a great picture, Mark, and uh, Jesus and God are one. But the amazing part is that's three three yeah. personalities in one God, and so everybody's got their part. And I just thank you for the part Jesus is going to play in every one of your lives today as you serve him and take his word to heart. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to
0: Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.